weirdos. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Weirding Hour. We talk about weird things and we do weird crafts and we weirdly think about our weird things and weird crafts together with you. That's nice. I'm Bothwell. I'm Rhea. Why are you shaking your head? Because I I'm Nina. <laughs> not Rhea today. I am Rhea. But I also am. maybe slightly not. But maybe not. Yeah. Um, so this week we have a very exciting episode for y'all. We're going to be talking about predictions, i.e. things that people have said are going to happen. Whether or not they actually happened, let's find out. Uh, alongside doing this, we shall also be crafting and we are going to be using paper as our medium <laughs> and you can make of that what you will. So if you want to craft along with us, paper. That could be... I like, think it's actually officially known as anonymous paper crafting. And so, yeah, because you, last week I forgot the word for miscellaneous. Yeah. Okay. And nobody corrected me. Well, it's anonymous paper crafting. Did we tell you that anonymous paper crafting should be your DJ name? <laughs> We've got so many names on this show already. I know. That right down. I love that one. I'm the anonymous PC. <laughs> anyway, I'll stop laughing at my own poor humour. Well, yeah. uh, lies, I never will. Okay, so I get to go first this week and I am going to be talking about Harold Camping. Do you guys know who he is? No. Can you tell from our yeah, you look quite blank. reactions? <laughs> Uh, no. I was expecting something a little bit more, uh, hooray, but apparently not. So I will, I will tell you all about Harold Camping. So full name, Harold Egbert Camping. Uh, he was an American Christio radio, Christian radio broadcaster and evangelist. Um, and he's notoriously famous for making a series of failed predictions of dates for the end of the world. Um, and this gained him quite a large global following. So, what? <laughs> yeah. I oh, just wait, just wait. It's really good. Um, so I'm going to give you a bit of history about Harold. He was born in Boulder, Colorado, um, where the Columbine killers were also born. Just a side note. Um, and he was born there on July 19th, 1921, and was one of five brothers raised in Southern California by Dutch immigrants steeped in the Protestant Protestant doctrines of the Christian Reformed Church. So basically, there was a louder religion going on as he grew up. He earned himself a degree in civil engineering from uh, Berkeley in California. And in 1943, he and his uh, longtime wife, Shirley, were married. They had six children and eight billion grandchildren. In 1946, he also founded a construction company that prospered. And by 35, he was a millionaire. So actually, before we start even getting into the kind of uh, Christian predictions side of things. He, he'd actually done very well in terms of his business. Uh, he had loads of children. He had a whiff. Everything was great. Uh, so in the 1950s, he started getting more and more into Bible study, sometimes devoting up to eight hours a day to the scriptures, which I think is a lot of time. Yeah. I think that's that's potentially too much time when you have six children and a wife. Oh, yeah, uh, but men don't deal with the children, so... Oh, or the wife? I don't know. N no. no. Okay. No. 
Excellent. No, they sort um, themselves out. <laughs> it's like like <laughs> wink comment there. <laughs> Also, it's true. Anyway, so in 1958, he formed something called the Family Stations Ministry. So he basically joined with other um, individuals of kind of Christian Reformed, Bible Baptist and conservative Presbyterian backgrounds. And they purchased an FM radio station in San Francisco. That so sounds it's like a tongue teaser. Yeah, <laughs> it's not easy to say. I've written all this down, which is why Bebe, I found Bebe, like a robot. Say it again. <sighs> Christian Reformed, <laughs> Bible Baptist, Conservative Presbyterian backgrounds. Yeah. Um, so they brought this radio station in order to broadcast traditional Christian gospel to the conservative Protestant community uh, and minister to the general public. <laughs> I hate these people already. Uh, well, then you won't like the fact that in the 1960s they got six more stations. Uh -huh. um, in fact, they got six FM stations and seven AM stations uh, and, and broadcast this bollocks on all of them. Um, they were broadcasting in 30 languages. You believe what you want to believe. Of but course. If you're conservative, you go fuck yourself. Yeah. And also, I mean, we'll hear about the perils and dangers of... Um, of sort of blindly following these people in the very near future um but yeah basically by the end of all this he'd got he was broadcasting in 30 languages on a network of 140 radio stations and online That's so big big many. business yeah now this is where shit gets fun so in 1970 he published the biblical calendar of history uh, he kind of expanded it in, uh, expanded on it in his later book, Adam When? Question mark. Wow. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and in that book, he dated the creation of the world to the year 11,013 BC. And the Great Flood, i.e. Noah's Ark and all that shit, to 4,990 BC. Now, this went in contradiction with what other previous sort of uh, theologians had stated. So he was coming up with all of his own dates and basically saying that the previous dates um, didn't really agree with biblical or secular evidence for this imaginary event. Uh, so anyway, after all this, he first <laughs> predicted that doomsday was going to happen on the 6th of September 1994. He wasn't as popular as when his later predictions happened. But at this stage, even, it was still quite exciting. Um, and, and did it happen? Did the world end? No. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember it ending. <laughs> Spoilers if you haven't caught up with your apocalyptic uh, predications, but no, it didn't happen. Um, so when the day passed without incident, he claimed he had made a mathematical error. Oh, this is just going to make me so mad. Yeah, but it's okay. Because he quite quickly figured out the next day. How so, many mathematical um, errors does he make? Oh, there's a few. There's a few. Yeah. Um, he also predicted that the end of the world was going to be in 2011. Um, now, he did have some evidence on the basis of his um, predictions because he predicted 1988 would be a, sig a significant year in the events preceding the apocalypse. And this was the year that he left the Almeida Bible Fellowship. So oh, yeah, that is significant. Yeah. yeah. Significant in something that he can choose to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
So he made two predictions for the year 2011. He said that on May 21st, there would be the rapture. So that's when all the great people that God has chosen uh, get to hop in a ship to heaven. These people and then... are fucking obsessed with the goddamn <laughs> rapture. <laughs> Do you think of tiny dinosaurs every time that you hear that? <laughs> Just picture raptors. <laughs> Who's a clever girl? Anyway, um, so then on October 21st, 2011, that was the predicted date for the end of the world. So you've got two distinct dates. Um, Harold obviously wouldn't be around for October 21st because he'd have left on May 21st. It was these dates that are the ones that kind of really captured Harold camping and sort of threw him into notoriety. Um and basically, when he talked about the rapture, so in the run up to this, you know, he was saying that all the sort of worthy and fabulous Christians would be able to um, get out five months before the actual end of the world was going to happen. And he claimed Do that we around know how they were going to do they just fly up into the sky? Does God send a really, really, really long limo for everyone to jump into? I imagined like a fancy spaceship, but I don't know uh, if that's limo, I mean... limo. I didn't. I mean, the limo could fly. Yeah, yeah I think I think it everyone would be knows. Limos, like height of class. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously, but I think it's got to be on um, uh, sunbeams. 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 Oh, yeah. that's very Care Bears though. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted something a bit more Starship Enterprise, you know, just a little bit. Uh, are you dissing the Care Bears? <laughs> I mean, I might be. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> they okay. were pretty wank. Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they cared about all of us, Bobs. Even you. Did they though? The unbeliever. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get wrapped by the Care Bears. That's <laughs> um, anyway, stared so. down to hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Care Bears. Yeah, Care Bears stairway to hell. Nice. Um, so followers of camping claimed that around. 200 million people would no sorry camping claimed to his followers that around 200 million people so that is 2.8 percent of the world's population back in 2011 would be raptured so he was basically telling a load of people that they were quite specifically not going to be raptured so let's let's go to may 21st and uh, reuters reported on may 21st that the curtains were drawn in camping's house <laughs> And no one was answering the door. And then, <laughs> in my favourite interview he, ever, you, you, he thought he was getting raptured. Shut the curtains. Yeah, before you go on holiday, you shut your curtains, don't you? Well, I don't. I tend to have a suitcase on the bed and start flinging things in it. But whatever he wants to do. Um, but this is my favourite interview bit. Uh, he emerged from his home on May 22nd saying, and I quote, he was flabbergasted that it had not occurred. And he stated that he was going to look for answers and would say more when he returned to work the next day uh, and just left oh, it there. He hate him so much. It gets better. So does it, it, does, yeah. something, does something bad happen to him? Does something, does he get I mean, some kind of comeuppance for being a twat? I mean, he's dead now, but we'll, we'll see. It may not count. Um, but this is the best, like, the dog ate my homework response. So on May the 23rd, 
in an appearance before the press, he stated that he had reinterpreted his prophecy. And therefore, in his revised claim, May 21st was actually a spiritual judgment day. And the physical rapture would be occurring in October. So the same time as, you know, um, the end of the world, it would all be happening at at, at the same time. That is that is what one would assume, isn't it? Because why would anyone just be hanging around on Earth for five months doing fuck all? Well, I mean, they'd just be living life the way that we're you apart know, that from we would. two million people have disappeared off the Earth. So you're going, what the fuck is going on? But do you not just what love the fact on, up in this day? Do you not just love the fact that he's like? <laughs> No, he's I like, think he's what's sick. actually happened is that uh, God's doing his paperwork um, and just getting everything in order <laughs> so that we can all go to the party in five months time. That was his. Oh, I hate I've him. Checked I my facts and figures. Full of lies. <laughs> so full of lies. And even better, he said that his company would not return money that was donated by followers to publicise the failed May 21st prediction, oh. stating we're not at the end. So why would we return it? Oh, but at the end, he will. (laughs) Once the raptures occur. How does that make any sense? Coming from the man predicting the end of the world? I don't know. I hate (laughs) him. Then you're not going to like what's coming up. Um, So. So mad. Besides the kind of financial implications of, and these, bearing in mind, these are the people who are actively kind of in his church, his followers, the people who followed the radio stations, blah, 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 blah. you know, who are making large contributions to essentially, I guess, buy their way onto the rapture bus. Um, however, there oh were quite gosh, a lot of like the serious of the Venga bus. Oh my god, that would be amazing! The rapture bus is coming. <laughs> it's on its way to Jesus, but if you gotta give us money, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. I'd listen to that. Um, what they don't know, what we've not been able to kind of um, sort of fully conclude is to the people who have kind of done things like rushing into marriages, kind of scrambling to repent. So like whether that's kind of emotional or financial, um, you know, sort of toil on their part, running up credit card debts. <laughs> there were a lot of parties thrown, apparently, to sort of celebrate. Yay, we're being raptured, uh, which cost people a lot of money. Others quit their jobs and gave away their possessions because they were like, I'm going to be raptured. So I don't need these trainers. You can have them. Um, So it actually had some, you know, some some kind of implications there. There were also a couple of sort of tragic cases um, of people who kind of either feared being left behind or having to face a very agonizing end of the world experience. So in Palmdale, California, a mother stabbed her daughters 11 and 14 years old and cut her own throat with a box cutter. Um, This was three days before the October date. So Um, that woman was just like, I'm not going to take the chance. I'm going to make sure I'm going to hell. Well, do bear in mind that end of days is predicted as, you know, kind of fire, wrath, demons, torture, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I guess in her mind, which I, I, I guess is like a yeah precursor. So she was hell. like, I'm going to I'm just going to make it happen rather than see if it happens. They actually did all survive, which is great. But I imagine are all fairly traumatized, um, hopefully getting getting the much help, uh, the much needed help um, required. Um, and then another case of a man in California 
who could not swim and tried to reach God across a lake <laughs> and drowned. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not. I know it's very sad because what? he was drowned, but I, I'm not sure why he thought swimming was the way. I don't... think it's, it's a lake, so it's landlocked. <laughs> I, I would go around, but but hey, maybe there but were other things going on. Why was God across it? I, you know, having a rapture, have an end of days, go and party on the other side of the lake. Sorry, sir, can't come over there. I can walk on water, but I'm going to let you try and swim across, even though you, you can't come swim. to me. I'm too busy having a rapture. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so in a in a big twist of of fate nothing happened on October 21st. No, you um, shock me. I know, right? So there was no rapture, no rapture bus. The Venga boys weren't coming. Um, God, that's so sad. <laughs> um, and the world did not turn into a trash fire. That's the um, bit you're sad about is the Venga boys were not coming. That song, the Venga bus isn't coming. Oh, <laughs> there's How not going to be a rapture. <laughs> Actually, no, um, you'd have to do it in like a sad key. Yeah, discordant. <laughs> yeah. Finger boys. <laughs> coming. Oh, that sounds horrible. Um, anyway, so, oh, and I missed something out. Sorry, I did miss Uh-oh. something out. You missed um, out another rapture that didn't happen. <laughs> Probably. There were probably a few more dotted in there. But basically, a few weeks after the um, failed rapture, so in May 21st, he actually suffered a stroke um, and kind of obviously had to suspend all of his work. But he returned to it in September. However, things had changed slightly in his portrayal. So he he kind of toned down the sort of earthquakes and, and fiery doom <laughs> and said... I really am beginning to think, as I restudied these matters, that there's going to be no big display of any kind. The end is going to come very, very quietly. <laughs> so quietly, in fact, that it was completely missed, as nothing happened, evidently. Maybe um, it did happen. Well, we just all ignored it. It was so small. Yeah. I feel like lots of big things have been happening that we could, I don't know, could be symbols at the end of the world but we'll just keep ignoring it yeah i mean the (laughs) ocean's on fire (laughs) yeah yeah that feels like something you would read in a bible somewhere yeah Yeah, that's scary um so five months later after october 21st five months later In a letter to his followers uh, on his ministry's website, (laughs) Mr. Camping not only apologised for getting it wrong, but acknowledged that he had no new evidence pointing to another date for the end of the world and no interest in even considering another date. But, nearly going to hate him, he did find a silver lining in the confusion, noting that his incorrect and sinful statement allowed God to get the attention of a great many people who otherwise oh. would not have paid attention. So really, thanks, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harold, oh. fucking genius. Yeah, Doing uh, but basically, work. he said that he, uh, you know, his apocalyptic warning days were 
done and dusted. These people are so fucking stupid. Right? I'm going to do it. I'm going to start predicting raptures. You know what I'm going to predict them for? After I've definitely already died. So like a hundred years from now, I'll definitely be dead. So I don't care if it doesn't happen. And it's really embarrassing. But I don't know how much money you'll make out of that. Yeah, it's hard to make. Why? Well, this is the very question. make money anyway. How much do you think... So, you know, the family radio, this kind of the the big recording thing um, who helped to publicise, you know, the end of the world, along with billboard advertising and all that. How much do you think they spent? Millions. It wasn't quite billions, but it was five million. No, millions. Oh, yeah. It was five million. Not billion. I'm not. I'm not. And a crazy. (laughs) Trillions. Just just millions. (laughs) Um, Yes, they spent five million on the year that... um, you know, in, in 2011 advertising. And actually this had um, quite a, you know, caused a major loss of revenue for family stations who were doing that. And they basically had to start rerunning old recordings <laughs> of his teachings. So they just started playing the old stuff, which I kind of hope did not contain more Rapture information because <laughs> that would have been embarrassing. <laughs> it was um, previous dates. Yeah. That had already been passed. That would be amazing. <laughs> so the network in the end, um, had to kind of sell many of its sort of radio stations off and lay off staff as well. So it did have quite a big, a big impact. So where is this all at now in terms of how people view things? It's a bit of a difficult one because some people think, you know, well, it's his, it's his belief. It's his choice to kind of spread this information. And if anything, we've all had a bit of a laugh, you know, that the world hasn't ended. Um, other people take a far more kind of damning view that, you know, either he's a con man just trying to get money out of people, um, that he's a very mentally unwell person. Um, mm. Others view him to be a heretic. Um, and quite a few people, probably uh, not sort of swayed either way by the religious argument, are just like, he's actually just dangerous because this has caused people, this has triggered people to take quite drastic action, fearing that they are going to be, you know, suffering on a judgment day or not included in a rapture. Um, because really, I suppose, if you do have a belief in these things, um, thinking that you're not going to be raptured and instead are going to be destroyed in like a cataclysm of earthquakes, fires and floods, that's a downer. So in 2013, Harold Camping died as a result of complications from a fall, which clearly he did not see coming. Yeah! <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. Uh, so, yeah, so that was the end of Harold Camping. Um, he has been quite widely denounced by a lot of Christians as like, no, nothing to do with us. Have they learned a lesson? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of my story about Harold Camping, predictor of the end of the world on thrice occasions of which none happened. The end. Finn. Questions, comments, concerns? Oh, I, you heard my questions comments and concerns <laughs> yeah Fair. I, d- I, d- I don't like him i don't like what he's about i'm not okay with it it pisses me off for some reason do you know what i want to know about genuinely like some of the really conservative christians you know the, the kind of people who well i, I, I don't want to be generalizing here but I, I suppose what i think of as the republican style christians yes. uh you know who pick and choose what they want to follow in terms of the Bible, mostly to to 
kind of control women and and anyone who thinks that they might fall out of a kind of cis who seem to whatever. use the bible to judge people yes in anything they don't approve of exactly being in accepting like, and forgiving of everyone much like the teachings of jesus would i believe actually denote uh anyway so what i don't understand is how they're like it's okay though because i'm gonna give harold a million pounds and then we go to get to go to heaven because you can definitely buy your way in there like, yeah that? uh it's capitalism and stupidity yeah but i mean it's really like when they're transferring capitalism onto <laughs> a religious deity like oh my god was... i watched this super interesting video the other day about does being wealthy make you greedy and kind of selfish or is that how you get to become wealthy and it was so interesting Ooh, what is the answer? Say, well it's essentially saying the more wealth you have the more your mind convinces you that you deserve it i suppose the thing is though that you can't be and i don't mean now kind of even sort of high-end level jobs but i suppose if we think of you know like your your bezos and that lot they can't have increased the disparity between every man you know normal guy and and them without making profit and in order to do that they must have somebody somewhere's got got stuck with the shit end of the deal haven't they yeah but it was also not very eloquent there's no there's no way i can do it justice it was really interesting i'll put it in the show notes yeah um, if you want to watch it 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 was quite short but it was also by this youtuber who i really like because he's very very sarcastic nice he's, he's excellent but um the the bit that I took from it was that people basically justify to themselves that they deserve what they have because if you didn't you you that opens you up to seeing all the disparity and the suffering in the world mm. and you wouldn't be able to live with yourself yeah yeah it was it was really interesting but yeah rich 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 religious republicans rich religious I like that ah. <laughs> Okay, so who right? Next? Well, I guess it's me. Yeah, it's you, Roha. What you're going to tell us about? That was a fun one, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm not going to tell you anything. No, right. no, I am. I am. I am. It's going to be a really weird silent <laughs> segment. <laughs> yeah, just stay <laughs> here. Minutes silence. I'll just fucking wait. You watch. <laughs> All right. No, um, I'm actually going to talk about. Baba Vanga. Have you guys heard of her? Nope. Baba Vanga. Baba Vanga. I haven't so, heard of her. Uh, well, apparently she she uh, uh, obtained world notoriety. Um, so she was a blind mystic. And she made um, a bunch of predictions that people have attributed to her from 9-11 to Brexit. <laughs> to she predicted brexit yeah apparently Um, what is nina doing (laughs) i don't know what is nina doing i don't know i had a lot of sweets before this happened (laughs) (laughs) i think they might have arrived in my bloodstream i was just gonna say she's a blind mystic i love her already and i wanted to say that bubba venga we could turn into like the venga bubba's coming (laughs) carry on yeah, um, but she's not coming because she's dead. 
So, no. yeah. Sorry, guys. Anyway, so um, apparently she also predicted the rise of ISIS, conflict in Syria, and the demise of the U.S. presidency. So, uh, numbers have been suggested like 85% accurate predictions. And um, I'm not sure. So, she apparently gave a chilling prophecy on Russia and Vladimir Putin. When did she exist? Sorry. So, yeah, she... Where's she from? How old is she? When did she die? Who would play her in a movie? Okay, so I was going to do that bit after doing the predictions. Yeah, right. But who would play her in a movie? I don't know who would play her in a movie. Probably Meryl Streep. Oh, I like it. Okay. But yeah, so she's also she also made a bunch of predictions um, that have yet to come to pass. Um, so yeah, she she might have predicted 9-11. Uh, in 1989, she said the words, horror, horror, the American brethren will fall after being attacked by the steel birds. The wolves will be howling in a bush and innocent blood will be gushing. Uh, In another prediction, she predicted the Kursk, um, the submarine that sank in the Barrett Sea in 2000 that killed everyone on board. Uh, She said, Kursk will be covered with water and the whole world will weep over it. And she's also predicted a change in the Earth's orbit. She predicted a new uh, energy source. Uh, that would be created and global hunger would start to be eradicated between 2025 and 2028. Amazing. Yeah. And a manned spacecraft would be sent to uh, Venus. A manned spacecraft? Yes, a manned spacecraft. Oh, manned. Yeah, rather than a man is a spacecraft and (laughs) we'll just yeet him to Venus. I mean, we should, but all right. I vote Donald Trump. Yeah, get to Venus. Boom. What's that? What's that band? Which band? Uh, something to Jupiter. Oh, yeah. Eat him to Venus. Cover cover band. Oh. What is that fucking band? Oh. Yeet him to Venus, though. Is that the band? Is that the song? It's about a woman. <laughs> yeah, the song is Yeet him to Venus. <laughs> okay, right, right, carry on. Did, did we discover the band or did we? No, no. we're just sunning Jupiter. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she also suggested that from 2033 to 2045, the polar ice caps will melt, causing ocean levels to rise. Uh, and then have they already done that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that Muslims will rule Europe and the world economy will be thriving. Great. Uh, she also said that the rise of cloning uh, will mean that doctors are able to cure any disease as the body is simply and easily replaced. Uh, the US will launch an attack on Muslim Rome using climate-based instant freezing weapon. What? 
And between 2072 and 2086, a classless communist society will thrive hand in hand with newly restored nature. Uh, what, what were those years, sorry? Uh, 2072 and 2086. Fuck yeah, that's in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, and <laughs> you're going to murder me? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Probably. If you don't <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then from 2170 to 2256, a Mars colony will become a nuclear power and demand independence from Earth, establish an underwater city, and the discovery of something terrible in the search for alien life. Uh, and I wonder what it is. It's, it's, who knows? It's I hope it's a xenomorph. I, well, I don't. I kind of do, though. No, I don't. And then sometime between 2022, uh, sorry, 2262 and 2304, uh, there will be time travel and the French guerrillas will fight the Muslim authorities in France and the secrets of the moon will be unveiled. What about the peaceful classless society that we were living in listen <laughs> that's finished now <laughs> yeah we're all we're all done on that that's that's we very quickly moved on um from 2341 <laughs> a series of natural and man-made disasters render the planet uninhabitable uh humanity escapes to another solar system but resources are scarce and wars are waged as a result and then 3815 to 3878, civilization will have been destroyed and people will live like beasts until a new religion rises to lead us out of the darkness. And then from 4302 to 4674, the concepts of evil and hatred have been eliminated. Humans are immortal and have assimilated with aliens. And the 340 billion people scattered throughout the universe can talk to God. 340 billion? Yep. Ugh, that's how many, many people? How many? That's not that much throughout the universe. How many people are on the planet right now? 7 uh, billion. Yeah. Well, 7, is it 7.7 7 billion, something like that? Yeah. So that's not that much. No. Well, remember, there was a bit where civilization had been destroyed and people lived like beasts. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to think about that part. <laughs> and then uh, in 5079, the universe will end. OK, okay. yeah, <laughs> so, um, so far away, it's hard to be bothered. Yeah, fully, yeah. <laughs> absolutely nonplussed there. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, let's let's actually meet Baba Vanga. So um, she was Vangelia Padeva Gusterova, um, and she was Bulgarian. She was born on the 3rd of October in 1911 and died in 1996. And she became commonly known as Baba Vanga as she became a mystic. Uh, she wasn't blind her whole life. Uh, there was a tornado that had thrown her into a field and um, thrown I guess just material into her eyes so when she was found they tried to help her like doctors tried to work with it but but it just they'd been too damaged 
Um, and so she gradually lost more and more of her sight. Um, and throughout the years, she was sent to a school for the blind where she learned to do various things like read in Braille, play the piano, do knitting, cooking and cleaning. And uh, when her stepmother died, she had to go back home to take care of her younger siblings. Uh, and her family was very poor. So I think during that time, she started to uh, attract believers to come and see her. Um, she would heal and soothsay and start to tell them things about their future. So more and more people would come and find her. And she got a bit of a reputation. She ended up marrying a guy, Dimitar Gustarov, who she had done a reading for and, and he married her. Uh, but he eventually died of alcoholism. Uh, but in the meantime, she was building her profile. She started to work for politicians and leaders um, and more and more people were seeking her counsel so that by the time she'd sort of hit the 90s, she was probably she'd hit a very sort of popular and possibly even politically strong position um, in Bulgaria. So. I think the thing that that we can tell about her is that she was very astute. So she, there are stories of when people would come to see her that um, she had already, you know, like contacts in like taxi drivers, things like that. So people who were bringing these her, these clients to see her were already kind of gleaning information from them so that she could then tell them stuff about their lives that she could not know and then predict stuff for them that you know sounded about right um and so like a tv yeah medium yeah very much so very much so and uh a lot of her predictions as you might have guessed from what i list were just rubbish uh, <laughs> although she predicted brexit so so here's the other thing is that because she literally never wrote down any of her predictions, not once. So any of the predictions now attributed to her have kind of been retroactively attributed to her. So there are a lot of people who knew her neighbours and things like that who said, well, no, she never said that. So I think she was just a very astute, very canny person who worked with a lot of people and um and didn't really predict anything and definitely never wrote anything down that could actually be corroborated or checked uh i believe that it's she... much easier to predict after the fact <laughs> it it really is um so you know there are a few things that people sort of um point out like so there's one story where um a Yugoslav actress and singer, Silvana Armanulik, was on tour in Bulgaria and wanted to meet with Baba Vanga, uh, but Vanga only sat and stared out the window with her back to Silvana and wouldn't speak to her. And then finally, when she did speak to her, she said, nothing, you do not have to pay, I do not want to speak to you. Not now, go and come back in three months. And as Silvana turned around and walked out the door, Vanga said, wait, you will not be able to come, go, go if you can come back in three months do so so the actress then took this as confirmation that she would die and then she did 
die two months later in a car crash. Um, but, you know. I mean, uh, but, but what? That sounds amazing. Does it? I mean, it it could have been absolute and like this is this could just have been a popular story. This could have been it. Yeah, I don't know. It was just like rumours. Yeah. Mm. And then there's other other predictions where she said that the 1994 FIFA World Cup final would be played between two teams beginning with a B and, and only one of them had a B and it was Brazil. So... And also, who gives a fuck, man? Oh, I know. Who cares? Who cares? Not Nina. That's for sure. (laughs) But someone did. Someone did enough to go, no, she predicted that wrong. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah, and she was also believed to have predicted the precise date of her own death. And she said that a 10-year-old blind girl living in France would inherit her gift and that people would soon hear about her. But again, nothing is written down. So there's no real, like, this is just followers who are like, yeah, no, she definitely said she would die on that day. And then she did. It's like, or did you after that time go, she said she would die at this time? I, you know, it's. Yeah. It's a bit like, um, what do you call it? Uh, people who, who sort of read fortunes and things. People say that the very successful ones, it's more about making you think they've said things that are sort of profound or like oh how on earth could you know that but it, it's kind of more based on the information that you give to them yeah it's cold cold reading isn't it mm. yeah so I guess it's yeah I guess it's sort of a similar her making people think that she is yeah saying these things but actually perhaps they're kind of putting it on her yeah and there's a few where sadly she was very wrong um in 1993 Bangor seemed to announce that the USSR would be revived in the first quarter of the 21st century and Bulgaria would be a part of it. And in Russia, many new people will be born who will be able to change the world Um, and humanity will get rid of cancer. The day Mm. will come. The cancer will be chained in iron chains um, and that the medicine would contain iron. Oh, no. Yeah. um, (laughs) Babes, no. I mean, uh, she's very poetic. I like how, how oh, but that's the thing. Beautiful they, her predictions sound. They they are poetic. They are poetic. That's especially considered they're not written down. Isn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, someone else has written something, but um, yeah, someone else is a very good writer. <laughs> Somebody else writing something. Just to warn you, that is how we ended up with the Bible. So in the uh, here's another one it was a bit sad uh in the late 1980s several children disappeared in volgograd at one time and two correspondents from a popular magazine went to vanga who allegedly told them the children were alive and would soon be found but they never were and then there was another case in 1991 when during the war in croatia soviet journalists Victor Nogin and Gennady Kurinoy disappeared and Vanga said again they were both alive or although later it was revealed they were shot on charges of espionage for Croatia. Mm. Yeah so I mean she's not she's not got a great track record. No. I want to believe so bad. And then there's some suggestion that she kind of worked with the KGB but oh. Yeah, I don't, 
I don't know. So, yeah, retired KGB Lieutenant Colonel uh, Yevgeny Sergienko noted that she was often mistaken, but it was not customary to disclose it since people of the highest uh, flight were sent to Vanga and therefore she was a way of obtaining information for the KGB. So she was wrong a lot, but they couldn't point it out. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And, and they would also get information from her that she would glean from whoever she was talking to. So oh. giving them bad predictions, she was also getting information from them. Oh, that's quite smart. Yeah. Yeah. So Sergenico expressed an opinion that it cannot be said that Vanga worked for the KGB, but her assistants cooperated with us because with their help, our agents received the necessary information. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, that... It's that a bit is, all hearsay, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's, it's, that's Baba Vanga. Um, I think she was just a very astute woman who um, I think took advantage of people as much as she could. Mm. The, end. the Vanga Baba's coming. <laughs> Gonna make some predictions. <laughs> but they're all really rubbish. I didn't actually say that. But someone said I said that. But did I really say that? My name is Baba Vanga. <sighs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> That probably should have been done before then. I, okay. I mean, I like I, it. It's her theme tune. I really, I really wanted to believe. I was so keen for mystic old blind lady living in the woods. But it doesn't. She doesn't suit like this type. You, you only, you want your mystic blind ladies from like the 1500s making predictions. You don't want them now. No, I want them now. As long no, as they're, they're not as magical long as they're now. living in a wood without any electricity or running water <laughs> just a pestle and water and some beans to grind yeah and like yeah. a broom that they like chase people away with like ah okay get away from my tree <laughs> it's precious basically as long as they're a massive stereotype that's what like i want precious tree <laughs> oh cool. maybe i had oh. sweets too <laughs> I'm not sure we should repeat this topic. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it. We're all like, these big predictions happened. Were they real? Mm, yeah. No, not even vaguely. <laughs> not really. Ah, oh, dear. Any yeah. houses. Okay, it's a me. So I am doing The Simpsons. <laughs> You're just feeling that uncomfortable silence there. Yes. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, that that common phrase that people quote, Simpsons did it. What? Y yes. No. OK, cool. <laughs> what? What? Uh, no, I've just not heard of that. OK, you see it online a lot. Um, so people, because The Simpsons has been running for so fucking long, they have actually managed to predict quite a lot of things. Um, and people reference it by just saying Simpsons did it. 
because they a lot of ideas um the simpsons have already done before okay yeah so um well that has been running for 400 years now yeah and it's still going somehow people are still watching it so some of their predictions are more surprising than others uh so for example there was an episode where uh, Lady Gaga was performing at the Super Bowl, and then five years later, she did perform at the Super Bowl. But what? I know. Um, you mean but... a famous American musician performed <laughs> at a place where famous American musicians perform? Yeah. All-knowing universe. How so do that's... you do it? <laughs> when I said some are more surprising than others, that was my example of it not being very surprising. <laughs> I know. And my surprising example was they had an episode where tr- they there was a joke that Trump was president 16 years before he was elected president. Yeah. Yeah. We all thought that was funny. Yeah. I know. It, that, <laughs> I'm still kind of wondering if it was a bit of a joke, but oh. yeah. Um, so Dan Greeny, uh, in a 2016 interview told uh, I don't know who Dan Greedy is <laughs> um, a Simpsons guy told the Hollywood reporter in an interview that the thought of a Trump presidency at the time quote just seemed like the logical last stop before hitting bottom I it mean was- true it was pitched because it was consistent with the vision of America going insane. Yep. True. Yeah. But they like, it's just this thing where they like parody how ridiculous life is and could be. And then those things. <laughs> and then America happen. goes, hold my beer. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, those are just a couple of examples. I'm going to talk about three ones. Three ones. Uh, three other ones. <laughs> So the first is Blinky. Do you guys know Blinky? Fish. Yes. 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 The three, the three eyeballed fish. So Blinky's an ongoing gag that Blinky has three eyes because he swims in lakes and stuff near the Springfield nuclear power plant, and that's what's caused him to grow a third eye. And. 21 years after Blinky's first appearance in the show, fishermen in Cordoba, Argentina, caught a three-eyed wolffish in a reservoir fed by a local nuclear power plant. The men who caught it decided to let it be tested to see if the mutation was because it was exposed to the water from the nuclear plant. But there's no... I couldn't find any follow-up information on that, so I'm guessing it was fine and it was just a genetic mutation. Other somewhere else, I read that someone was like, "Yeah, it's too symmetrical for it to be a radioactive weird mutation." Mm. Uh, and after the testing, they said that they'd plan they were planning to have it embalmed for posterity or to sell it to Fox as a promotional item for The Simpsons. Yeah. Do you want to see him? Yeah, probably. (laughs) There he is. Oh, it's Blinky. Uh, Oh, he's adorable. (laughs) It's a three-eyed fish. 
I mean, I do think a three-eyed fish is really cool. Yeah. I mean, wildly unattractive. Not that fish are attractive, but like... Well, yeah, what a weird statement, like... Bob. Want to go on a date? Sexy fish. Um, no, but do you know what I mean? Like, that is an, a ugly creature. It looks a bit like a slug with a eye. Yeah, where you well, it might not think that you're very pretty either. I mean, and I get that. And it's it might be like that opinion. Definitely. Although getting dissed by a three-eyed fish feels like a low point for me. <laughs> I'm post that picture on our Instagram. So, could you guys, put an extra picture of me and say who's yes. cuter? Yeah. yeah. We'll, do, we'll do a competition. Who wore it better? <laughs> um. So that's just a little one. I just. Three-eyed fish is fucking cool, man. It's yeah, fucking cool. Um, so the second one is my kind of main one, and it's the Siegfried and Roy tiger attack. Ooh. Oh, I don't know about this. So Siegfried, you know Siegfried and Roy? No. I'll Google it. Do you know Siegfried and Roy? No. I don't know if you take a piss. I'm going to tell you who they are. Okay, please do. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm gonna look up your. Excuse me. When I look up your stuff while you're telling the story, you shout at me, and now you are just giggling at Ria. Fantastic. <laughs> I thought she was like, no. Of course, I don't know who they are. No, but I, I, I mean, I. They look familiar. <laughs> cool. And um, they look familiar from what she's saying about them. <laughs> You're not looking it up, right? <laughs> I'm definitely not looking it up. Thanks for not Googling my three-eyed fish while I was talking about it, boss. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so Siegfried Fischbacher and Roy Horn, they were a duo of German-American magicians and entertainers, but they were best known because they appeared with white lions and white tigers on stage. So they're quite famous. They were in, they had a long running residency thing in Vegas for like 30 years or something and they were like the biggest guys in Vegas for <laughs> fucking ages not like you want to go see the biggest guys <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> biggest names in Vegas so yeah the Simpsons parodied them in an episode in 1993 where they were mauled by a white tiger while performing in a casino and 10 years later, in 2003, a tiger attack put an abrupt end to both of their careers. Uh, and their lives? Well, uh, let me tell you about the tiger attack. Okay. So there's different accounts of it, but this is roughly what happened. Um, so it was on October 3rd. Isn't Wasn't that the day your lady died? Uh, uh, I thought she died on August 11th. Um, yeah, August 11th, 1996. So oh, she was born. She was born. Uh, oh, yeah, she was born on the 3rd of October in 1911. 3rd of October, guys. This is me being a, a Baba Nina. Uh, That's important date. Retroactively <laughs> Baba Nina. Portentous. <laughs> that um, is your new name from now on. So it was Roy's 59th birthday. Um, and they were 45 minutes into the show that they had performed like 30,000 times or something because they did two a night for 50 weeks of the year, seven days a week or something ridiculous. Um, so 
Manticore was the name of a seven-year-old 380-pound white tiger and he was led onto the stage by Roy but the way it was set up um, there were no they just had tigers on leashes there were no barriers between the stage and the audience they were right there they also had you know those like platforms and stages that come out so you can walk around it and there's some stage members down in the front little circle Mm, yeah so it was just a health and safety nightmare guys I was gonna say is it really a prediction if you are just observing what is quite clearly an accident waiting to happen Mm. it's like a well I think it started in the 80s and obviously no one cared about health and safety then and then (laughs) Health and safety. <laughs> maybe no, no, no. No, maybe just because it's been on for so long, it was the kind of thing that didn't get reviewed. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It was. Where was their risk better. assessment? That's what I'm right. asking. Exactly. I think it existed before risk assessments. Yeah. So uh, Roy led this tiger onto the stage, but the tiger that night got was distracted by a crowd member. Um, Roy gave him a command to lie down that the tiger ignored and he lifted up his right paw and gripped Roy's wrist with it Um, so basically the tiger's like not behaving how they want it to Um, but the problem was Roy lost the chain that he was holding around Manticore's neck so um, I was watching a thing and they said the main thing when they kind of go off um, the plan of what's going to happen is you have to distract the tiger. Like you have to distract it straight away so it doesn't like start doing what it wants to do. It needs, you need to like get its attention back. So to distract it, he began tapping it on the head with the microphone and commanding release. Yeah, I know. I feel like maybe they're not prepared for this situation if he's just using Mm. the microphone. (laughs) Follow the protocol. Okay. Right. (laughs) Um, Hello, is this on? (laughs) Manticore did actually release his grip after he was asking him to release it. But because Roy was straining against it, it caused him to fall backwards. Manticore jumped on top of him, grabbed him by the neck and dragged him 30 feet off stage. Quotes, like a rag doll. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So an audience member said, we just heard all this commotion behind the curtain and you could hear Roy scream. Everyone at our table was kind of looking at each other like, oh, my God. After about a minute, which they said seemed like forever, Siegfried appeared on the stage and said, you could tell he was really shook up. And he just said, I'm sorry, but the show is over. And, you know, the show has been cancelled. And another audience member said, A couple of gasps went up in the crowd, though many people thought the incident was part of the act. It wasn't like he grabbed him viciously. He just grabbed him by the throat and walked off stage. (laughs) I mean, all right. Yeah, it might not look vicious. But they got quite big teeth. Yeah. And just generally being led out by the throat in any situation, (laughs) I feel, is not not the one. Um, So backstage, team members sprayed Manticore with a carbon dioxide fire extinguisher to get him to release Roy. And it didn't work, so they beat him on the head with it until he released Roy and ran into his cage. 
Was Manticore okay at the end of this? He was. Okay, good. Manticore lived he... a long life after this. Oh, really? I mean, he lived till he lived ten more years. I don't know if that's long for a tiger, but they didn't. Oh, it sounds pretty long. They didn't punish him for it. Okay, I was worried they were going to put him down. No, they didn't. Yeah, me also. So the attack severed Roy's spine. Mm. Uh, he had massive blood loss and his jugular was torn, narrowly missing his carotid artery. And he had also had a stroke either before or after he was dragged off stage. So that's why it kind of, the reports are a bit, they change because some people want to twist the narrative one way, some want to twist it the other way. Um, but I'll mention that a bit later on. Okay. So barely being able to speak, he managed to say, don't shoot the cat. He is a great cat before being rushed to hospital. I know. Um, So before the story hit the papers, the producer of the show had cancelled the 13 year old show, telling more than 200 cast members to look for other work. Siegfried and Roy, the most popular act in the history of Vegas, was apparently over. Roy I, got, I feel that was the right call. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just how like quickly it all happened was a bit bad. Mm. So the same night, Roy like had he was in um, intensive care and had loads of he'd lost loads of blood. Um, but they finally got him stabilized. And then the next morning, he had a big another stroke. Um, and so he received a de- decompressive craniectomy. So it's where they take out a bit of your skull to relieve, relieve swelling the on the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah. He suffered some paralysis. Paral- <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did he suffer? He suffered parallelogram. He turned into a parallelogram. You can't say that now, can Parallelogram. Um, no, he suffered some paralysis, you cold-hearted bastards. What? On, no. <laughs> on his left side, and his windpipe was crushed, uh, and he was placed on a ventilator, unable to swallow or speak. That does sound horrendous, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. it sounds awful. He was really seriously injured in this, um, and he had a long rehab process, and all the while Siegfried stayed by his side, and the first time he put a pen in Roy's palm, Siegfried touchingly recounted that his friend wrote, Siegfried, it is nice to hold your hand. Oh, no. Um, so by March 2006, so that is three years later, Roy was walking and talking and continuing with his daily rehabilitation. So he wasn't a parallelogram anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You cold-hearted bastard. (laughs) Um, So about the attack, there are different accounts. There is actually video footage, but the place where it was filmed refused to release it because they don't want to get in legal trouble about it. So regarding the attack, Roy says that he became dizzy and suffered a stroke on stage that resulted in him falling to the floor. And he claims that Manticore saw he was in distress and dragged him to safety off stage. So he's saying it's like oh. he's saying it's like a protective instinct thing because you know their bond is so close and whatever that like that's just what tigers do take the thing you're trying to protect and take it to safety. 
Um, but one of the other trainers said that Manticore became confused and deliberately attacked Roy on stage. He said that Manticore missed his mark and Roy directed him in a way that he wasn't used to, presumably being hit on the head with a microphone. Uh, that doesn't seem very nice. No. Which caused the tiger to lunge towards Roy, Roy to fall on the ground and Manticore attack him. Uh, and he later said he believes the duo covered up the real reason for the attack in order to protect their image and the image of the tigers. So Roy is basically saying he had the stroke first and the tiger sensed it and tried to protect him. And other people are like, no, you probably had a stroke because a tiger attacked you in the neck. Mm. Yeah. Also, are all people who um, raise tiger cubs from a young age and use them to yes. become famous yes. delusional? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do yeah. it. Um. So, uh, after the show abruptly stopped, they wanted to end their performance days on a high, and they got back on stage one more time in 2009 for a final show. Obviously, Roy was doing much less than he would have before. Um. But supposedly, Manticore was in that final show, but that is also disputed. Um, and then in 2020, they officially retired from show business. And on uh, March 19th, 2014, so about 10 years later, Manticore died after a brief illness and he was 17 years old. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Simpsons, not that spectacularly, made a joke about these people who have a tiger show and their tigers turning on them and attacking them and then that happened yeah it feels like a reasonable prediction yeah 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 it's fair it's fair almost like a like a logical coincidence you know yeah uh... um so finally i'm gonna end on a slightly cheer more cheerfully one which is pretty short um so an episode from 1990 showed people from Springfield protesting against Michelangelo's David being exhibited in their local museum because they were calling it obscene for its nudity. And this came true in July 2016 when Russian campaigners voted on whether to clothe a copy of the statue that had been set up in central St. <laughs> Petersburg. Wait for, wait for the oh. quotes. Okay. So organisers of a sculpture exhibition in the city said they'll ask residents to decide whether to cover up the statue after a local woman complained to the children's rights ombudsman that it was an eyesore and a bad influence on pupils at a nearby school. So quotes from her letter. How could you put this bloke without any trousers on in the centre of St. Yeah. Petersburg <laughs> next to a school and a church? This giant spoils the city's historic appearance and warps children's souls. <laughs> warps uh, their souls. That lady needs a job. Get something to do. Also, I, I don't want to. I don't want to cast aspersions here and upset any of our potential. We don't have any male listeners, do we? Well, maybe like one or two. But isn't the statue of David quite famously? Doesn't he have quite the small member? Because. Larger your penis in like Roman times or Greek times was a sign of stupidity. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was written by small pooped men, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I mean I guess they were the ones making the statues, so 
anyway, so it there was a dress David initiative and city residents <laughs> were polled. Uh, well, they were asked to suggest clothes for the statue and then were polled on what to put him in with one option being just to keep him as he is. Because this is in Russia and is a very small news story, I could not fucking find the results of that poll. Oh, man. So I presume <laughs> they just voted to keep him as he is because otherwise it would have been in newspapers because it's fucking funny. Yeah. What would, what would they have done? Like, just put a little skirt around him? Well, they were going uh, to Russia. They were I don't asked fucking to think suggest so, right? clothes. Residents were asked to suggest clothes for the statue. But how would so they if get... you were there, you could have suggested a, a lovely, little skirt, lovely little Victorian skirt, Couldn't maybe a walking just... skirt. Couldn't they yeah, have like, just kendalled him? There are photos of the in-between stage where they're tr- before the pole, and they've like just put a little like cup thing over him, <laughs> just smooth him out. <laughs> we have our new smooth David. <laughs> Um, I I suppose they were going to put trousers on him or something. But, like, how would you put trousers on a statue? Sew them into him. Yeah. Sew them on. Like, like just, like, <laughs> sew them <tight>. into him. <laughs> <laughs> so what would they have done? Just, like, sort of slightly shit stonewashed jeans yeah. and, like, a dress shirt. Yeah, I think so. For, like, going out clubbing on a Saturday night. Oh, Anything jeans just to hide the teeny tiny leather, pointy leather shoes. Oh, I would just like to say of the statue of David, which I, I did Google. I think <laughs> I think the pubes are the most offensive part of that. <laughs> oh, I mean, what do you guys think? I, I don't I mean, know. When I was looking this up, I wasn't looking at his pubes. So he's got some stonking abs, some stonking pubes. <laughs> 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 Definitely thought that's what you were going to say. Oh, that would have topped sexy fish, wouldn't it? <laughs> For weird things I've said today. He does have wonderful abs. And oh, yeah. upsetting pubes, am I right? It's a bit like a brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little brain above his peen. Yeah. A big brain above a little peen, which says it all. Well, that is what they thought. Yep. Small peen, big brain. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks very um like it's not pubes. No, <laughs> it looks a bit more like a broccoli head. It looks head. like a brain. <laughs> Maybe that's what they should have just told their woman. Like, it's just a broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see his bits because there's a broccoli in front of it. Yeah, he just likes to wear a broccoli. <laughs> 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 broccolis are back in fashion guys <laughs> this is my modesty broccoli <laughs> that's it man those are my simpsons predictions simpsons nice. did it simpsons did it can we also put broccoli modesty on a t-shirt please <laughs> my modesty broccoli oh okay so and sexy fish and what was the other thing you said Stonking abs, stonking, which you changed to stonking pubes because I said I found his pubes upsetting. They are upsetting, though. I'm not sure anyone would want to wear a stonking pubes, (laughs) (laughs) but that would be a fucking great bad name. Cover your stonking pubes with a modesty broccoli immediately. (laughs) 
<laughs> Anyhow, okay. So this has been our episode on predictions. Guys, how have your crafts got on? I sent a picture in the chat. You did. I very much enjoyed it. Is it a pop-up card? Yeah. Nice. It's a pop-up Venga Baba Venga. Yeah. What's the fire behind her? Oh, because she predicted 9-11. Or did she? She didn't. I think that could just be a symbolism of all her predictions that she's walking (laughs) away from. Uh, What is yours looking like, Nino? Um, so I cheated again, sort of. Oh. Um, I mean, I didn't. It's just not wholly relevant. So I'm still working on paper flowers for your wedding. Oh, woohoo! They're a paper craft and I made them today, so they count. Beautiful. Beautiful. They what do, do you count? Do? Um, well, <laughs> well um, midway through uh, Ria's bit, I realised that I didn't have any scissors. <laughs> So currently I have got coloured cardboard. Um, so I will have to do mine during the week. Couldn't couldn't fold the cardboard? or uh, No, I needed scissors. And also no. I was kind of really enjoying that the content. Origami. And that was not what I was doing. I wanted to do like a paper relief. Paper relief. Okay. I'm also 100% going to go make a broccoli modesty. <laughs> modesty broccoli. Cover up your stonking pubes. <laughs> Um, I really enjoyed today, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I was, was very good. tired coming into this, but it's been brilliant. I don't know if we've just <laughs> derailed off into hysterics, but either way, I enjoyed it. So, Nina, sock hat, hat sock. Um, here it is, sock bag. What are we going to talk about next time? What are we going to craft next time? I would like to do more potato printing. Yes. Okay. I would be up for that. Ooh. your taters hoaxes nice oh i know which one i'm doing okay i know it already cool if only any of us were good at predictions we'd be able to tell you what it was yeah if only we had baba vanga the baba vanga's coming, coming. coming. i predict that nina's coming. topic will not really be about hoaxes it will be a side topic <laughs> <laughs> well i did predictions today yeah, you did. Well, and did mine you? actually came too. True. Came too. <laughs> okay, so we're doing hoaxes and we're doing crafts with potatoes. Guys, craft along with us. Get a potato, get some paint. It's really quite satisfying and potato you don't need much skill. Really fun. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, can you please listen, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mum, tell your pet, play us on repeat, play us again after you've played us on repeat, play us on repeat on multiple devices as long oh, as it yes. comes up in yes. multiple plays. Very good. We can get creative with this. Fuck the system. Yeah. Share it Share it with your work colleagues, um, you know, in uh, communal spaces. They'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on in a have us on local cafe. Have us have on us loud on the bus. Wearing People the like fuck it. out of your morning. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, listen to it on your headphones, but shout everything uh, we just said through a <laughs> megaphone. <laughs> nice. That's the way to endear our podcast to the world. Yeah. Please shout everything we say immediately after we say it. Stonking pubes! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. Uh, and please share your artwork, guys. We want to see more art. Yeah. Not our own. 
We get to see that all the time. We want to see your art. Please share it with us. Yes. Um, and if you share it with us, we can share it on the page. Yeah. We want to see it. Okay. Do we have anything else to say? I don't uh, if you have any constructive criticism or suggestions, you can email it to us at weirdinghour at gmail.com. Or constructive <laughs> compliments. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Dina was going to be like, or you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or go find another goddamn podcast. There's like six million of them. No, I want um... them to listen to ours. Oh, okay. I'm still feeling riled up from <laughs> Mr. Camping. Yeah. Okay, well, all that's left to say is... Thanks, Thanks for, for listening, weirdos. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, spread the weird. <laughs> say it, say it, Rhea. We can't end till you say it. <laughs>